Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. ESNY. talk about the NBA and the NBA Finals. Just took a very interesting turn last night. But before we get into all that, always rolling with my co-host Chip Murphy. Chip, what's going on, man? How you doing so far? I'm good, man. I'm ready for the Yankees-Rays game. We're recording Monday night before game one. Yes, uh, I think every uh, New Yorker is, is hoping mm-hmm. that Garrett Cole is uh, ready to put on uh, a master class. But uh, besides that, we are continuing our awesome NBA A through Z series. We are at the Los Angeles Lakers, easily one of the most um, popular, visible uh, sports franchises across all different professional sports. And we are super pumped to bring a very talented writer, um, Kareen Abkarians from the Playgrounder and OTG Basketball. Uh, I've gotten to know Kareen a little bit from the playground as well. She's super cool, uh, very talented as well. Kareen, so pumped to have you on the show. How are you doing so far? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Um, and we are very pumped to talk Lakers tonight. I think the first place I want to start um, is with you as a Lakers fan, right? Like Ch- Chip and I are both Knicks fans, so we have to deal with just misery all the time and hoping that we're going to hit on draft picks and hoping that we're going to sign someone big in free agency. But, you know, you as a Laker fan, uh, you know, especially after LeBron's come, had quite a bit of success, obviously the amazing Shaq and Kobe years. Um, yeah. If you could take us in into a little bit of the genesis and history of your fandom, um, you know, when you started to be a, a Lakers fan and some of the more positive memories from that, uh, you know, if you could take us behind the curtain in that area, you know, please, please do so. Yeah. Um, well, my fandom began in the Kobe and Shaq era when they were winning championships. I wasn't like really that big of a basketball fan before, but I noticed my parents were watching more basketball. They were going to Laker games and I was like, okay, maybe I should focus in on this. And then I became a fan And ever since then, I've just been loving it. You know, they've been successful, except for, you know, the past, like, however many years it was. That was pretty horrible. Um, My best memories, let me tell you guys a quick story. It's pretty funny. Um, That 
remember the 0.4 second shot that Derek Fisher did? I almost, I almost missed that shot. I was downstairs in my house watching with my dad. And then I was kind of like pissed off because I didn't think we were going to, we were going to make it. It was 0.4 seconds, you know? So I came upstairs, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn the TV on. Let me just see what happens. I turned it on right as the shot happened. And I went insane. I ran downstairs. My dad and I were going crazy. And then the next day, the radio was playing that call over and over and over again, like with no breaks. They just kept playing it and playing it. And my dad was taking me to school. So we were listening to that. And at one point, we just got so excited. We we didn't even look at the road. He wasn't looking at the road. And we got in an accident. Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah, um, it was pretty hilarious. My dad just looked at me like, oh, my God, seriously. Like We heard this call. We witnessed it and everything, and we got like extra excited for no reason. But you guys were okay, <laughs> but everyone was Everyone was okay, right. so everything turned out great. But, yeah, that's one of my funny – I guess it's not really positive because it was an accident, but at least no one was injured, so I guess it is a positive. I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely a positive that no one got hurt. Uh, yeah, sure, pretty memorable <laughs> Lakers run. I, I always love telling that story because it makes people laugh. <laughs> yeah, Derek Fisher, uh, unfortunately, also made us laugh uh, with his coaching stint in, in oh, yeah. NY. Oh, God. Um, an amazing player, like great, you know, great career, especially really good veteran presence, clutch guy, but. In New York, he had drama with Matt Barnes's ex-wife, and uh, you know, got oh, yeah. got canned after uh, what yeah. seven, seventeen and sixty-five chip, and uh, and then yeah. I think he got canned in February of the next season after I think it was a nine-game losing streak. Um, I think so. But yeah, not not fun memories for us. But I, I'm happy you had a couple <laughs> more positive ones. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for the actual Lakers themselves transitioning to the current Lakers, um, you know, okay. I, I, the one place I want to start with is just, I guess, last night, right? Like, it's obviously tough to see them lose. But I think one of the, the things that stood out to me the most is like the chess game between, you know, Jimmy Butler and LeBron James. Um, you know, I think... Jimmy Butler had the famous line, you know, Chip, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was like, you're, you're in trouble now or something like that. He said that to LeBron, you're in trouble now. And I yeah. want to ask you as a fan and someone who follows a team really closely, do you believe that the Lakers are in trouble? You know, do you think that, um, you know, the Heat are still without Bam Adebayo. They're still without yeah. Goran Dragic. Um, the Lakers have you know, two of uh, maybe the best 10 players in the entire league, in LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they're playing very well. Davis didn't really play that great last night, but still, um, overall, playing very well. Do you think the Lakers are in trouble, or do you think this is just an an issue of, ah, you know what, they took their foot off the gas a little bit, there were some injuries on the Heat side. What do you think? Um, Considering the fact that it, it's almost like deja vu because every series in this playoffs, they've had one really bad game where they've just completely looked like they weren't into it. They didn't like so much went wrong 
just like yesterday. So it almost feels like it's just deja vu. And I genuinely don't think they're in trouble. Like when they turn it on. And I think what I've noticed is when they play really good defense, when they start playing really good defense, their offense picks up and they just get it going. So yesterday was pretty awful. Like nothing was working. So I don't think that they're in trouble. But honestly, if Jimmy Butler has games like that again, they could be in trouble. You never know. I think that's a good point. And uh, Jimmy Butler, I mean, um, you know, a guy that I had written about recently, honestly, one of my favorite players in the NBA. Chip, what do you think? Do you think that um, off the back of a 40-point triple-double from Butler, really shouldering a lot of production there with, with a lot of key guys still out, do you think that the Lakers are in trouble, or do you think that this is just kind of, you know, as uh, Kareem was, or maybe we were saying earlier, the uh, the gentleman's sweep is is still in in effect here? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, okay. I think it took a a forty point triple double for the Heat to win, and they still only won by ten. And Jimmy Butler hasn't had like a a real huge scoring effort in a while in these playoffs, and. He was, what, their fourth leading scorer, I think, in the Celtics series. And he just hasn't been that guy, but he can be that guy. I just don't know if he can be a consistent, you know, Anthony Davis type of scoring threat, uh, Steph Curry type of scoring threat on a regular basis. Because it's hard to dominate in the paint every single night like that. It is. You know, he's, he's not yeah. seven feet tall. And to get to the paint and, well, he, it should be easy for him to get to the free throw line. But to get to the free throw line 14 times a game, that was a lot. And he still, he also had a double-digit assists. That's not a normal thing for him. He had to do a lot just for them to win. And Tyler Hero had a terrible game. Yeah. Uh, struggled again. They have just figured him out. Um, and their defense is so good. The Lakers' defense... Still, even as well as Jimmy Butler played, the Lakers' defense still looked pretty good at times. And what are the odds Anthony Davis plays like that again? Look, they played great defense on him. They kept him the be- it's it's so funny the the best defense they played on him in the series so far, and Bam wasn't even in the game. So imagine Bam ends up in the game in game four. I think he was upgraded to questionable, still might not play, who knows? But I don't know. I just find it hard to believe. Anthony Davis gets nine shots off in the next game. I I don't think AD is going to have two bad games in a row. I don't think LeBron's going to turn the ball over eight times in a row. Mm. I don't see it. I think five is likely. I think six is probably more likely. The, the Heat, man, they're just tough. They're so well coached. Butler's so tough. I think when Drogic went down, though, that really killed him. He was so important to them. So good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's funny too because I remember and um, and Kareem, this is like a this is this kind of like um, harkens back to a, a show we did earlier. We did a show on the Heat, and we had a you know a, a friend of the pod that we always bring on, Colin Loring, and he talked about the import, importance of Dragic specifically. And I remember Chip and I asked him, and we said, you know, who who did the Heat go to for a bucket? late in the fourth if Jimmy Butler is not on or maybe he's off the floor. And even with, uh, you know, the emergence of Bam as a super, you know, not a superstar, but a budding star and some of the other players, 
he was he said Dragic, you know, and and uh, that was yeah. kind of very uh, not surprising, but now with him off the court, it it really does make things a lot harder for them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and the Lakers have that guy. So yeah. the Lakers have two guys. That's the bottom line. The Lakers have two guys, and the Heat have one guy. So that's kind of the bottom line in the NBA. They <laughs> they have two. It's two to one right now, isn't it? Like, what are we looking at? It's two stars to one, don't you think? Yeah. No, it is. Um, yeah. One of the other kind of pieces of the chess match that I'm interested, uh, Kareem, to get your take on is, uh, and, and I think we, we knew this, you know, the Lakers, I think we're, you know, a fairly good rebounding team for most of the season. They're winning the rebounding battle against mm-hmm. the Heat. But the thing that is, I, I shouldn't say it's surprising because technically it's the same shooting percentage, but I, I've been critical of the Lakers supporting cast, especially the three-point shooters to to shoot consistently enough, you know, to kind of play with the Heat um, in that way. But they shot thirty-five percent during the season, and they're shooting thirty-five percent in this series. Do you have faith in Danny Green, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kuzma, you know, maybe Caruso, whoever else is really charged with, you know, being a threat from the perimeter? Do you have faith in those guys to continue? shooting well throughout this series right now i'm genuinely worried about danny green because okay. he hasn't been consistent at all even during the season not just the playoffs he's been pretty bad like he'll have a couple of games where he might score like a surprise 10 points out of nowhere and might be shooting lights out from the three but it seems like he's like really not there I want to say like it's just like he seems off and I'm like curious is it something that's like mental like maybe the bubble is wearing him down a little bit and he's not focusing really well or maybe like injuries I know he has like two injuries a hip injury and a hand injury right now so I don't know maybe that's affecting him that could be a problem but the bench itself I've actually been pretty impressed with especially I was thinking about Markeith Morris He's been pretty surprisingly good, like sharp shooting good. And I was looking at his averages and like in the finals right now, he's averaging 45% from the field, mm. which is pretty great, honestly. And then the previous rounds, he was at 54%, 53%, 41%. So he's becoming a pretty good, reliable person off the bench. And Kyle Kuzma, he's also not really consistent. I mean, points-wise, he's not consistent, but he does do a lot of little things that don't get noticed, like his defense and like maybe changing the opposing player's shot a little bit. Like he does like a little, he does the little things. So I don't want to be too hard on him, but points-wise, I do wish he would be more consistent. Um, Something else that I noticed, which is pretty interesting, Alex Caruso is actually shooting pretty good from the field. Mm. And he looks like he has pretty good confidence now from the three. In the previous uh, rounds, he wasn't shooting it pretty well. But now he's at 46% from the field, which is pretty good. It is. um, Yeah, and the rest of the bench, I mean, there's playoff Rondo. He's been pretty great, but he's changing a lot. And he's been a major reason why we're winning a couple of these games in these rounds. 
Um, and obviously, Dwight Howard's not really bench anymore. He's starting, but when he was coming off the bench, he was good. And in his starter role, he's been really good too. And it's been nice to see him accept that role of not having to really score too much, but playing the defense and all of that. And I also want to shout out JaVale McGee, who I feel bad, like he was our starting center, but he's been so good at accepting his minimal role now, which is not really getting a lot of playing time. And he's become like a good, I guess, cheerleader, I want to say, on the bench. He's been really good. And yeah, I mean, I have faith in the bench. They've They've been showing up. So I can't really be too negative about the bench. Dwight was a difference maker against Jokic. Most he was so good against Jokic. Him yeah. and Gobert are the only two guys that played well against Jokic in the entire bubble, really. Jokic was awesome against everybody else. And Dwight played Dwight pissed Jokic off. You never see Jokic react like that. But Dwight yeah. really pissed him <laughs> off. It was impressive. That's the best defense I've seen Dwight play. Dwight rarely gets completely locked in on defense, but he was really pumped up in that series. It was fun to watch for him. But I can't believe how bad Danny Green has looked. It's he's. Yeah. I'm just looking at it now. He's four of twenty on threes in the finals. Oof, yuck. Yeah, it's, oh my yeah, God. it's horrible. That's bad. And KCP's looked. Ter- KCP's five of twenty. He's not much better. But Danny Green, man, wow. I thought I knew he was shooting the ball bad before that. But, man, I thought he would step up given, you know, how many finals games he's played in. But, yeah, you wonder if they lose again in game four, you wonder how many more times Vogel's just going to keep trotting those guys out if they keep struggling with their shot. Because, like you said, uh, Caruso is shooting the ball better than those guys. I mean, a lot smaller sample size, but he's shooting the ball better. Even Rondo's shooting the ball better. So (laughs) it's going to be interesting. And will he, like, do something maybe different, like go with JR or something? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. That's Yeah, eventually Green or KCP has to make – has to have a good shooting game at some point, you would think. They're too good not yeah. to, right? Yeah. Yeah. I won't be too hard on KCP, though, because he has upped his improvement a lot. But in this finals – but in this finals, I will say it's been a little off. He hasn't been as good, but Danny Green definitely needs to improve, like ASAP. <laughs> KCP had KCP might have had the best year of his career this year, I would say. Like, Donnie, yeah, yeah, he was really good shooting the ball this Most year. Most definitely, yeah. Kareem, what? Um, going back to Dwight Howard for a minute because I think he's such an interesting player. Um, you know, we 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 obviously know where he's been and what success he's had in the NBA and. Uh, where he's been in recent years. Why do you think with the Lakers he's accepted this role so well? Is it just is it too simple of me to say that it's the greatness of LeBron James and it's his leadership? Because he was in LA before and it obviously didn't work out. Um, but what do you, what have you seen following this team this year that that's been different? Um, honestly, I think it he's matured like a lot more than he was in the past. Like he really just stepped in and said, you know what? I'm accepting this role. Uh, I don't have to be a starter. I'll come off the bench and all of that. And he's like really accepted it. And I think like, I don't want to speak for Dwight, but I feel like he's, he knows that 
this could be like the last chance to really prove that he is still really good right when he can be so i think that's why he's accepted this role and why it's been pretty smooth and pretty good for the entire season and um also just piggybacking on that uh the lakers were a, a really solid defensive team all uh season long um you know dwight uh, we know he's, he has a reputation as a rim protector. But in this series specifically, you know, Miami is known for their three-point shooting and, and getting to the line uh, pretty frequently. Um, have you seen anything that the Lakers have done uh, to kind of deter that? Or are, there, or are there individual defenders that you've seen, you know, really um, you kind of, kind of like take hold of their assignment and make sure that their guy is not getting around them or really challenging um, ball handlers at the rim or, or dr- drivers at the rim or anything like that? Is there something that you've seen uh, that, that you feel like um, has been good on the defensive end for them? Uh, yeah. Um, Kyle Kuzma, I will say, has been pretty decent, in my opinion, with his defense. Um like when he's having an off game with his shooting and anything else, he's been pretty good with the defense and I've seen him changing some shots and he's really stuck with his assignment. Um, And honestly, I will say, I do think Danny Green's defense has been okay. You know, like if he's not having a good shooting game, there are other things that he does that maybe people might not notice because they're pissed off that he's having a horrible shooting game. But I've noticed it. Like he, he does do pretty good defense, um, and the entire team as themselves. Like when they really buckle down on defense, it's really suffocating defense. I don't know if you guys have noticed it when you've watched the games, but they really suffocate with their defense, and it's just a matter of being mentally in the game. When they're mentally in the game, they are virtually unbeatable in my opinion because they really get focused and everyone does their assignments correctly everyone switches off correctly everything so um in this series you know it's been kind of off and on because at one point Miami might have like a really great run and the Lakers will look completely lost on defense and all of a sudden you'll see like I think I remember Jay Crowder might have got like the easiest layup and like the Lakers do that a lot they'll collapse so bad on defense like somebody will get the absolute easiest dunk or layup and that pisses me off a lot (laughs) and yeah I mean I think it's been pretty good but hopefully they won't have a horrible game like that again like they did yesterday (laughs) we should say though to your point about their smothering defense the best three-point shooter in the NBA this year, they've taken him completely out of the series, Duncan yeah. Robinson. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. been yeah, totally he can't, irrelevant. He has no room yeah. to shoot. It's really been amazing. Yeah. Like, and you can see him. He's so uncomfortable. Because yeah. when when they get him out on the pick, out on the uh, perimeter, whether they're blitzing the, the dribble handoffs or whatever it is, I mean, he literally cannot get a shot off. That's been pretty impressive to see from them. Um, yeah. I was going to mention that, actually. I forgot to mention that. The fact that Duncan Robinson hasn't shot well at all, like at all, has been kind of amazing because he's been pretty good in the previous rounds. 
for Miami. So he's been like completely off. And that's been like kind of amazing to see how oh, I want to say horrible he's been playing. He has been horrible. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a non factor. Really horrible. Yeah. And Kareem, to go back to something you said earlier, because I know that prior to coming into the bubble, a lot of NBA fans really felt like, you know, the Western Conference final before the Clippers went out, um, which, you know, a lot of people thought was going to be the Lakers and the Clippers, was going to be the NBA finals, that no team really from the East um, had a chance. Did you feel like once the Clippers went out that the um, the biggest threat between the Lakers and winning um, – Chip, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if it's their 17th title or, or whatever it is. But do you think that, um, that it was over at that point that you felt like, you know what, there was a pretty smooth sailing to uh, to, to get into that title? <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I genuinely did, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, mean, I did really, really want to – face the Clippers like just because I wanted to end that whole Clippers run LA thing it was it's been on my nerves for many years now <laughs> but I was actually also pretty happy that the Clippers lost because I'm actually a Clipper hater so <laughs> I enjoy when they lose but yeah I mean I was like yeah we're gonna smooth sail it should be a smooth sail <laughs> which Clippers team do you, or did you hate more the Kawhi Paul George team, this team, or the Lob City Chris Paul Clippers team? That's a team? really good question. Yeah. Oh, God, I could not stand the Lob City. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought um, you might say that. I thought you might say that. Because you know what? DeAndre Jordan was annoying as hell, man, when he was on that team. He was really annoying. They were all annoying, so let's be honest. Blake, too. Blake was really <laughs> annoying. Every, they were everyone everyone's favorite team to hate Hated before him. the Harden Rockets. Before the Harden Rockets, they were everyone's favorite team to hate. They really were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also just generally don't like this Clippers team at all either. Like, I'm just sick of all their faces. Like, I'm genuinely a hater, Clipper hater. <laughs> There's a lot of guys to hate on that team, too. They Pat are. Beverly, a lot of people hate him. Yeah. There's a lot of guys oh, to yeah. hate on that team. Paul George has really, a lot of NBA Twitter has turned on him. Wow. Big time. Big I'm one time. of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone saw the uh, the draft picks that OKC gave up and then the lack of production that he had in the bubble. And now everyone is just like, what are you doing? You had one job. You know, like, <laughs> show up. And, and it just didn't happen. Um, what I was going to ask, though, also is, uh, you know, I know that you, you wrote an article for the Playgrounder about playoff Rondo. I do remember that um, there was a series, I forget who the Bulls were playing, but it was definitely a higher-seeded team. Maybe it was the Raptors. But um, Rondo, you know, really showed out for that team. That team also had some injuries. And he's played well for the Lakers. I know he's been in and out. Um, he's dealt with some injuries. And I know in the beginning of the year, he was really impressive. But, like, what? why do you think Rondo is so valuable to that team? Like, what is when you watch the games, what does he do that – you know, really helps the team out, whether it's offensively or defensively? Um, he definitely spaces the floor. And, I mean, he gets, like, some easy shots for a lot of the players. Like, he 
and his basketball IQ. I love his basketball IQ because sometimes he makes these passes where you're just like, how the hell did he just see that person there? And how did he make that pass? It's, that's what I really love about him. And he's also, I also love the connection that Anthony Davis and Rondo have. Like from their, I get Pelican days when they were on the Pelicans. Um, that connection, I love that connection. And yeah, I mean, he just, he does a lot. It's his not just his assist, but he's also the scoring has upped, which is kind of amazing because during the season, like if you follow Lakers Twitter, we were pretty hard on Rondo all year long. Mm. And we've been pretty hard on Rondo since he's been a Laker because he generally was not good whenever he would get yeah. into the game. He was and terrible he, last year. Yeah, he was awful. Yeah. Yeah. And we all always like wanted Alex Caruso to get Rondo's minutes. <laughs> so now like he's showing us like why it's a good idea that he's on the team because he buckled down and he's like focused and he's really into it now. And I I love it. And I apologize to Rondo. I don't know if I did it on Twitter or Facebook, <laughs> but I said I'm really sorry, Rondo, <laughs> for doubting you. <laughs> It really is incredible how he flips his switch from when the games don't matter to when they do. Like that year he played on the Kings, he led the league in assists and he's, they were terrible obviously, but they were the most empty, meaningless assists. And whenever you watch them play, he clearly didn't give a shit about what was going on and didn't play defense. And then I think it was like a year or two years later he played on the Pelicans like you were talking about, and they totally locked Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum up, and he was playing, like, all NBA defense. And it was like, who yeah. is this guy? <laughs> like, it's amazing. That's what he's doing now on the Lakers. Yeah. And all of Lakers Twitter is like, uh, where was this all season long? Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's great. great, I mean, that he's switched it on at the playoffs, like the perfect time mm-hmm. to do it. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> no. Kareem, for the it's rest why, of... It's why he'll, all, he'll be in the league for a long time. Because oh, of oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. IQ yeah. and passing alone. Um, when he's on, he's a fun, really fun player to watch. Um, Kareem, for the rest of the series, who do you think are the main X factors for the Lakers, not named LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Like, who do you think can can really do a lot towards getting this closer to being that gentleman's sweep that we know that the Lakers are capable of? Um, well, first of all, I really hope Danny Green gets it together. Right. Like, it would be great if he just had a surprise, like, lights out night where he gets, like, 30 points or something. But maybe I'm dreaming too big. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I want to say, like, I would, I would say probably our bench players – like Markeith Morris, who I said has been pretty great in this round. Every time he comes in, he's been a sharpshooter. So if he continues that, that would be pretty great. Um, Rondo, of course, when he gets in, he's been great. If he can continue that, awesome. Um, and I want to also say, like, our, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I'm hoping – can also get it together and get his shooting in good. Um, for some reason, I'm forgetting the other players on our team right now. 
Well, no, I, you know, I mean, I think, um, you know, that whole band of Caruso, yeah, uh, Morris, like you mentioned, um, Danny Green is a big piece to what they do. Um, I mean, if Danny Green can be lights out for the next two games, then this gentleman sweep is happening no matter what, I think. Like, honestly, maybe he is the X Factor. If he can get it together, like, that would be pretty incredible for the, <laughs> for those two games. I know it will be a perfect gentleman sweep. I remember when they signed him, I thought that uh, he got a pretty decent amount of money um, to go there. You know, I mean, the allure of playing with LeBron. Um, you know, it was going to be there for sure. But um, I was really excited when we signed him because yeah. I've actually genuinely really liked Danny Green, like for his whole career. So I'm actually a fan. So I was pretty excited, and I'm like, "Yeah, we got a good sharpshooter. He's going to be good." But then he's been disappointing. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Why?" These play, yeah. I mean, this this series has been um, very very difficult for sure. Uh, Chip, what about you? As you see this series unfolding, um, I know you were saying most most likely, well, most likely you think it's going to be six, but it could be five games. Who do you think really shows up uh, outside of the two big guys that that can kind of push that along a little bit forward? I think KCP. Yeah, he's been there. In my opinion, he's been their third best player. Okay. So, like, he's been shooting I'll the ball. Really, yeah, he's been shooting the ball really well. And he's been consistent. He's been, like we were saying earlier, Kuzma has been not nearly as consistent and as he has been in terms of shooting the ball. And, look, we know LeBron needs shooters, guys who can make the three. Yep. And KCP's been shooting the ball well. So I think, I think if he steps up and, God, if KCP and Green step up, it could be over in five for sure. But mm. if KCP goes back to being the player he was before the finals, they could definitely get it done pretty and pretty quickly. And, you know, I, I'm not, I think he's definitely an X factor and yeah, he's a guy who he's played fearlessly throughout the playoffs and big games and so far. So I don't think it'll be a problem. I think he's, he's definitely a guy and I don't think Rondo is going to have any problems, obviously. But I like KCP to bounce back for the for this next game. I think eventually he's going to have a nice shooting game. He's been hot for a long time, so it's yeah, bound to I happen. Agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, Kareen, as we, as we transition more towards the, the offseason and looking at a, a Lakers team that could be NBA champions, right? Um mm-hmm. Is, is not going to have a lot of room, you know, potentially like salary wise, but there's always um, questions about how do you build around a, a megastar like LeBron? Um, how many players do you, do you put around him? What type of players do you put around him? Chip was just talking about shooting. Do you think that the Lakers will try and make a big move in the offseason that that maybe they try and get um, someone else, a, another big name, to pair with uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron? Or do you think they kind of, you know, look to accompany those two with, you know, some more role players um, that, you know, kind of fill different niches and, and things like that? Um, I know there's a lot that's going to happen 
between now and the off season, but what do you think are, are, are some things they could look to do? Um, well, I know this team has a lot of one year, two year deals. So this team might look com- completely different next year. Who knows? Like a lot of the one year players might even not be here. Um, but I don't know if they'll really do a big move. I kind of don't feel like they will because I like where this team is going currently. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if they signed everyone back again, maybe on another one year deal and kept it going for maybe one more year. But I know um, there was talk when we released the Marcus cousins that maybe they were going to try to bring him back next season again. So I, wouldn't be surprised if we do some kind of move, like maybe we drop JaVale, I guess, and bring him to Marcus. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I don't feel like they'll they'll do a big move. Yeah. It's kind I of- like I like where it's going right now, but you never know. I mean I will I actually would love it if they got another third superstar, because you know why not? <laughs> But I don't know. I don't think so. I yeah. think it might be the same, much of the same. And plus, I don't remember if we have Avery Bradley on a two-year deal or a one-year deal. I don't remember, but I would love if he would come back next season because he was really great for us, and we missed him in this playoffs pretty badly. That's a really I good think. point. Um, that is a really good point. Avery Bradley was playing a lot of good basketball. He opted out. You know, before uh, the NBA restart happened, um, but yeah, that is another you know weapon um, off the bench or can play starters minutes as well. That that could do something big, and and I agree with you. I mean, like I, I could even if they rolled it back. You know, it's funny. LeBron has not shown signs of slowing down. Anthony Davis is only going to get better, um, and that that team is going to have you know depending on who comes back another year of chemistry. Um, which could be really, really difficult for the rest of the NBA to deal with. Um, yeah, they, they might get even better next year because of that. Who knows? Yeah. Because the chemistry has been pretty great. I think that's one of the big things of this season. It's the chemistry. Like, they all genuinely look like they love each other and right. love playing with each other. And when you watch the games, you notice the bench goes crazy. Like, especially when our rookies make shots like they go insane for the rookies so yeah. i've loved the chemistry so i think that's also why i kind of feel like they won't break it because that chemistry is like too good and if you take like three players out and bring in like another three different players you never know yeah what could happen like it could be a complete co- collapse so i don't know it'll be interesting to see what they do it- i mean the first first thing they need to do is hopefully anthony davis signs with us again <laughs> And doesn't leave. I doubt he's going to leave, but that would be shocking if yeah. he left. I would, yeah, I would that be would so be shocked. One hell of a, I mean, one you know, Rich Paul was uh, quoted many times as saying, "You know, we will be going into free agency," um, which you know financially makes sense. But I, after the season he's had, and and you know the goals that we knew that he had before he got traded to the Lakers, there's no reason. Um, for him to leave, you know, yeah, that, why would that, he leave? Right, the great team yeah. and, and great franchise. Um, but I have, I have two more questions 
Um, yeah, I'm interested to, to hear your take. I, I, and of course, it's like my ridiculous brain does. I just forgot one of them, but I'm going to try and remember it. But one of them, one of them is this. Um, where were you when you heard that LeBron James signed with the Lakers? I was in Puerto Rico. I remember it as clear as day. I was literally in Puerto Rico with my family. And uh, I was actually like finishing a bottle of wine with one of my cousins. And all of a sudden I get this text, LBJ to the Lakers. I was like, what? <laughs> I was so stunned. But uh, what were you doing? Um, I was at home. I was literally at home. And I remember I got the notification too that said LeBron James signed with the Lakers. And I'm like, really? Yeah. We actually got LeBron. I was like, I was like shocked for a good few minutes. And I was like excited. And I told my dad, I'm like, oh my God, we got LeBron. Like LeBron is Laker. What the hell? <laughs> we were like genuinely shocked. And it's a shame that the first year didn't really turn out that great because of that groin injury that he had. But yeah, I we were like completely shocked in my house. We were like shocked and happy and ready. We're like finally we're getting out of the slump. Yeah. We're getting to the playoffs. Championships coming hopefully. So yeah, pretty excited. Chip Chip, what about you? Where were you? Uh, I think I was at home too. I don't really remember too well because it, you know, it was not. It didn't involve the Knicks, the Knicks so yeah. it was, you know, it was about LeBron. But I think I was at home, and I, I was. It was Rich Paul. It was Clutch Sports announced it through their own Twitter, right, or I something think like so. that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I do kind of remember that, and I remember like I, I tweeted something obnoxious about like Space Jam or something like that. <laughs> it was something like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was big news. It was, I, I assumed he was returning to Cleveland and it was all cause I remember kind of that it happened the day after his, uh, meeting in air quotes with the Sixers that like apparently happened, but maybe didn't happen. It was yeah. very strange that that went down, but I don't know. Good, good on magic for, uh, closing the deal, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Before he gave us the most amazing meme ever, where he was like, oh "I'm not God. gonna, I'm not gonna be here." <laughs> like that's one, that's still like one of my favorite press conferences ever. Um, but no, actually, I it's funny. I just remember what I was gonna ask you. So um, I got a I got a Frank Vogel question. So any team I want to ask about Vogel. Too. Yeah, any any team that asks. Any team that has LeBron on it, the coach is automatically assumed that they're a puppet. They are not actually coaching the team, that it's LeBron's team. And the coach is almost always just waiting to get fired for another one to come in. Um, and typically on, on – I don't want to say most LeBron-led teams, but at some point he picks the coach. At some point there is an uh, you know some type of – breakdown between him and the current coach and then he ends up getting and his he guy did pick there. the coach he picked Ty Lue and they said no in this case right they, they that is true him, yeah that is true but my question to you is um watching the team this year what what are your personal thoughts about Vogel do you think that he's done a decent job with this Lakers team um you know what's your what's your sense about him um yeah Honestly, I mean, it's a whole new team with the exception of LeBron and Kuz and Alex Caruso. It's like all new players. So for him to be able to get all these new 
faces together, get them to have great chemistry and to really buckle down and work together is pretty great in my opinion. And like, there are some things that still bug me. Like when I'm watching a game, like he won't, there are some times where he just has some weird lineups out in the game and it's like, why is this player in? Why is this happening? Why, why did Vogel do that? Like, I found myself saying that a couple of times throughout the season and the playoffs, but I'll give him an A right now. But if we do win the finals, I'll give him the A plus. I think he would take that A plus for sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm interested to see what happens. I I agree with you and Chip. You know, I was a guy that picked the Heat. In six, you know, a sad face. That's probably not going to happen for me. I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan. But, uh, you know, I, 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 um, I'm not a LeBron hater. I, 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 do th- I do think – I do like to appreciate greatness when we have it, when we have the ability to watch it. LeBron is certainly okay. great. Um, Chip, anything, anything else for Kareem before uh, we kind of wrap up here? I wanted to ask the same question about Vogel. So oh, okay. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, well, listen, Kareem, thank you so much for coming on um, our, our weekly little pod here. Very much appreciated. Before we let you go, uh, I want to give you the chance to let anyone who is listening know where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your writing. If they're, if you're promoting it, if you're in the middle of writing anything right now, if you want to promote it, um, please do so. I'm actually in the middle of writing a LeBron article. All right. Kind of oh, nice. focusing on the fact that we should be respecting the fact that he's being pretty damn great in the 17th season. So I'll tweet that out when it gets approved and whatever. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at, at Karina Karyans. Um, should I spell that out? Probably, huh? Well, I think we. Uh, I think I. I. I also like the um, the other name. You have playoff P on there too, or no playoff Karen, playoff Karen, playoff Kareen, right? Yeah, that's. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. That one is funny. Well, if people search playoff Kareen with an I, not an E, they'll find. <laughs> yes, that is true. Oh um, yeah, that's about it. I'm writing a LeBron article right now, and. Um, also, actually, for the Playgrounder, I'm writing an article article about the Lakers bench. So that's another thing coming out soon. And we will definitely be on the lookout uh, for both of those for sure. Uh, Kareem, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate the time. It was, it was definitely good to chop it up and talk some Lakers basketball. I'm sure everyone's going to be really tuned in to see what happens uh, in the rest of this series. Um, and uh, for the rest of this week, anyone who is a Hoops Addicts Anonymous fan, uh, we definitely have a special episode coming up on Thursday. Uh, we have been trying very, very hard to get some uh, college basketball-related folk on to talk about some prospects. And if you are a Knicks fan and you have been in the know of some of the players that have been rumored to the Knicks, uh, you will definitely want to listen to the show on Thursday. Uh, With that, um, we hope everybody is staying safe and we will talk to you guys soon.